This is One Hitters, getting to know the guests of the Cannabis 101 podcast just a little more. One Hitters with Josh Wong, president of RGB Cannabis. Josh, are you ready to do a little One Hitters with me? I am. All right. What is your favorite THC cultivar and why? Uh, that's, that's a hard one. Um, but I would have to say one of my real favorites is sour diesel. Um, why I would just say flavor in general, uh, and also super, super hard to come by. So, uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just the fact it's so rare that really finding a really good sour diesel is very, very hard. I think uh, uh, a favorite cannabis should be, you know, that, that rare kind of aspect is important because you don't have it all the time. And, you know, a friend of mine got me some Acapulco Gold one time and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing to be able to, to have this. So that, that rare and that uh, not every day, I think, is uh, goes into that favorite one. How about on the CBD side? Do you have anything on the CBD angle? Uh yeah, I like CBD, but I would I wouldn't necessarily myself smoke CBD only cannabis. Um, so I would prefer a one to one. So one of my favorites is Animal Face, and I don't know if anyone's ever tried that, but I am I am I am very diligently hunting a real Animal Face. And if you if you Google it, uh, just look at it because it is what it is. It it is a bizarre plant, like, and it was it was amazing. I I managed to get some. Uh, one time and it, it was just it's a really great balance but it's really strong so it's a one-to-one -one, but it's probably like 15 to 15 or something mm. like that and I've never been able to find anything there's nothing on the legal market quite like it yet so hopefully those are the kind of cultivars that are going to come uh, a more balanced product and people that aren't really seeking just high THC anymore maybe just understanding a little bit more you know yeah, totally. I, I'm with you on that one. What about your favorite method? Uh, what is your favorite way to use cannabis? Well, uh, I think I, I'm a traditionalist, so I'm, I would have to say I use the bong. And uh, uh, my friends always laugh at me because I'm, I'm a bit of a spoiled brat. Like I like to buy cheap bongs and then not clean them and just throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how my buddy did dishes when we lived together in the, in Winnipeg in the mid '90s. He would burn a yeah. pot and throw it out back in the snow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I'm not gonna say proud of that, but uh, <clears throat> I, we go to so many cannabis stores, right? Because we're in and out of cannabis stores all the time. Eventually, I'll just oh. $20, like as soon as it's under $20, yeah. I'll buy it. And then everyone just laughs at me because they know exactly what that means because I'm just going to smoke it and just make it dirty and then throw it out. All right. Well, okay, so this might <laughs> be a hard question. Bong for sure. what, what, what's your favorite accessory? I, I, you know, I, I'm imagining you don't throw every accessory out. What's something that's no. really cool for you and that has some great maybe sentimental value or something? I, I definitely have a few pipes. Uh, here, this pipe here. I have a pipe here. Okay, yeah, this particular pipe is super cool because I find it like uh, this is a this is the pipe. Uh, I think it's called the Sherlock or something like this. Mm. And it's very cool because you can really smoke it. And for some reason, people, you know, <laughs> I guess it's psychosomatic or whatever. It's just. When you see somebody holding a pipe like this, they're not smoking cannabis or whatever, right? So it's a, it's a really good like sort of a double take for people, right? So I, th I think this is one of my coolest pipes for sure. I like that. That's cool. I've got well, one I guess, of those. I guess I like smoking glass. 
Like I yeah. like smoking out of glass. I, I have one of those uh I it's called a church warden pipe. I call it a Gandalf pipe from the Lord of the Rings, the really oh, yeah. long one. I've got like a, a Cheech and Chong glass one because I like you, I prefer right. glass. Uh, I just call it the Gandalf pipe and everybody knows what I'm talking about. But it's the same thing. Like you know, you 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 wouldn't expect well with that one you would because it says Cheech and Chong on it, but you know, like you would expect yeah. my my dad, uh, you know, I actually have one of my dad's old tobacco pipes that I've smoked uh, weed out of, which I thought was kind of funny because he would never get anywhere yeah. near it. Yeah, so, he wouldn't uh, be happy about that probably. I, I think collecting pipes is kind of cool. Like, you know, you can collect bongs, totally. but you need some shelf space for bongs. You can collect yeah. pipes and keeping them in a drawer and just pull them out every once in a while. Yeah, and bongs are dirty and messy, and and to me, it's more about functional. Like those are just like, come on, get it in you quickly, have a bowl or whatever, right? Where a pipe is like, I sit with that pipe on my front lawn. That's what I like. <laughs> people walk go. by or whatever. And I love I'm it. sitting there smoking that pipe, and and no one says anything, right? Because I'm an old man sitting on his front lawn smoking a pipe. You're <laughs> so like, what are you crimes. gonna say? You're solving yeah, crimes, exactly. you know, you're Sherlock yeah. solving crimes. Um, you're the community watch guy. That's who you are, the community watch pipe <laughs> yeah. guy. So um, let's go back in time. Tell me about your first experience. What was your first dance with Mary Jane like? Uh, you know, I can't remember like the exact first, first time, but I certainly remember like being in high school and one of my buddies, two of my buddies were cooks in a fish and chips place. <laughs> and that was my real first like regular, like we'd always go down there after like on a, their break, we'd eat fish and chips or whatever. And then on their break, we'd go smoke a joint with them because they always had weed, right. those two guys. So I get that was the first, the first thing that attracted me to cannabis was the people. You know, like really, to be honest, like I, you know, people think that I think that it's sort of all walks of life. It is to a certain degree, but especially before it was a certain type of person. Right. So, you know, you know, that I wasn't always exposed to that either. My parents were quite, quite a bit older. I'm the youngest of five children. So I was a bit of a mistake <laughs> and my parents were, my parents were super conservative and older and my dad was Asian. Right. So he, and I'm talking in past tense cause they both passed, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a spring chicken. So both my parents are dead. And my, my, uh, my father was like, you know, I, I, I think I was 25. I think I was, I was, I was 25. I'd already been nominated for a much music award. Like I was touring in bands and I, like I had lime green hair, <laughs> like lime green hair. And I had to explain to my father, and like I had to come clean <laughs> that I, I used cannabis. Yeah. My mom was just rolling her eyes, right? Like she knew I was smoking weed at 15 or whatever. <laughs> and my dad, my dad was like, what? You, you're, you're a cannabis smoker? Like, you know, and like, I'm on TV, man. Like I'm on much music like every day. And like, <laughs> and like I'm like the poster child for for drug use and rock and roll, right? And my dad just, he was, God bless him, right? He was just a very positive and, you know, he just, yeah. he would never, he would never prejudge or whatever, but like, it was pretty obvious. I lived in Vancouver, like, you know, I was 18 and then I went to Vancouver and that's where the love affair begins. If you've ever been out to the West Coast and I mean, I had a guy screaming about the you know the conspiracy that the wood industry had kept cannabis down like that's 1994 yeah (laughs) you know i got people like like freaking out about you know and 
you know, not, not necessarily brainwashing, but certainly like explaining to me, I think stuff that even now people are just figuring out, right? Like prohibition and why, you know, why it even existed and all these different aspects of how often, uh, you know, ca- cannabis was used as a tool you know, as a racist tool almost. Sure. Right. So, I mean, th- like that was being taught to me at a pretty young age. Uh, so that's because that, that culture exists in, in, in BC, right. As you know. So I, I really resonated with that culture and I, I wanted to know a lot of, uh, you know, I always was so interested, but I was, I was such a, like, honestly, a, a fraidy cat or whatever. I'm sure there's a, worse words we could use but I, I i never really wanted to participate in the legacy market i i wasn't i was too afraid i just i knew i could there was lots of people i i knew everybody like i i could have probably been pretty wealthy right mm-hmm. but i or for whatever reason but then when legalization sort of started to come around um i guess i've fast forward us through a ton of my life but that was when i really sort of looked like hey this there's a spot for me here like there's there's something bigger and better for me personally uh because i i i did feel a bit like i had missed the boat a bit by not participating in the legacy market you know what i mean mm-hmm. especially with someone who spends most of their time with cannabis or using it or you know what i mean so it, it really felt like well i didn't want to be on the inside or the outside looking in, you know, I guess, of, of especially when legalization came. Because that was when I felt like, okay, now I know business. And a lot of these legacy guys, they didn't know business at all, right? So. Who's one person you would love to get high with? Is there is there one person out there? Um... I don't know if there it would be getting high necessary with them, but there's certainly people that I would like the Dalai Lama. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? That might be fun to smoke some bolts with him. But I, you know, maybe Elon Musk or something, somebody who like I I wouldn't be able to get access to. But I I would think of it more like that as opposed to like you know smoking up or whatever i i I, if you were to give me the opportunity to talk to anybody i guess is more how i would look at it like i'd love to talk to uh you know uh noam chomsky or uh you know just try to pick some of these really smart people's brains just for an hour would be interesting i guess uh but but when you say like it would involve cannabis because that's that's pretty much every day for me so (laughs) i might take a brief Who's the most famous person that you have been high with? Wow, I think you're baiting me there, but I, I would guess Tommy Chong would be the most mm. famous person, I would think, that most people uh, would would know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's a, I see that's a lot of people. I'm he's sure on my set here, so uh, and there and, you go. Yeah. We're we're featuring them this week as our uh, cannabis characters. Uh, those two guys oh, are the nice. god. They're the godfathers of cannabis entertainment. Those two guys. I was saying Absolutely. that uh, uh, in this segment is like they were doing it when it was not popular, and it was actually you know it, it impacted their lives and things like that. They were the godfathers of entertainment in that uh, sort of vein, the first and the best. Well, I, I think. I mean, I don't want to, you know, 
try to separate them too much, but I, I would say that Tommy in particular was incredibly uh, diligent after he went to jail. So when he went to jail for cannabis, his bongs company, right? His son owned a bong company and he ended up having to actually do time to protect his family. Uh, I think that's when he realized, hey, wait a second. Um, this is an important plant. And you know, like, we all joke about it and at first i think like even back then it was you know it was taboo but it was also just like it was funny it was like mm -hmm. it was like uh you know it was it was uh underground it was a culture thing and then i think a lot of these medical studies started to come out you know and i think that's that's the difference when, when i look at tommy i think of a guy who who's had not only just an incredible entertainment career but he's he's been a pretty important activist I wouldn't say that he's like Dana Larson or, you know, somebody like that. But I, I definitely think that he brought what, what Tommy did was he brought cannabis into your house, you know, like virtually through television and film. And he started to destigmatize it in a way, even though he was perpetuating a stigma, you know, in some ways with the movies, I think he always like especially in Hollywood, people that actually got to know him and meet him would, would be, uh, I would think, impressed with him. He's a smart guy. Like, a lot of people don't know, but he directed a lot of those movies and stuff like that, so. You know, I yeah. think that, uh, I, I think that, you know, his book about his time uh, when he went away for those bongs is, it's so entertaining, and I really got to... Uh, learn about a different side of Tommy Chong than just the man, you know, that uh, was in the, is in the movies and the character that I thought, you know, I really was really kind of, you know, I had no idea he was such a big fan of dancing and things like that. So it's really interesting to get to know a different side of such a guy that I looked up to uh, in in uh, you know in cannabis entertainment. Um, I, I think that uh, the, the, they were the best and uh, it will always be the best. Now I have this next question is doesn't have to be about cannabis cannabis but just any fictional character that you would want to share a joint with uh it, you know it certainly doesn't have to be just from the cannabis space but what's a fictional character you would it's pick? super easy for me <clears throat> as like i don't know why i would know this right away but certainly uh the wolverine or logan oh, yeah. i think i'd smoke a joint with the wolverine for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> he'd be really into it he'd be like i think he'd be like oh dude this is good smoking yeah as long the as you wolverine. don't chop it in half yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like, you, you got you got uh, Snoop Dogg in that one movie as the scavenger, and then you'd have the Wolverine chopping. You'd, there'd be nothing left of your joint left. But uh, it would maybe just relax him and the, the, uh, uh, the, yeah, the maybe claws go so back in. Like yeah, no kidding. Uh, okay, your favorite 420 character. Uh, we may have already talked about it, but uh, who's one for you? Uh, you know, I have to say like Shaggy and Scooby-Doo probably would be, you know, I know that's, but I'm of that age, right? So that mm -hmm. is, that show, like when you look back and you don't realize that they were stoned, yeah. you know what I mean? When you're, like, that's the funniest part about it. Like when you rewatch the episodes, you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're so high, right? Like. Oh, I, I, too. Like, is he getting the dog high? That's what I always wonder. Like, I, I always thought if I ever had kids, it would be so funny for me to watch Scooby Doo with them, 
and then we're laughing at two totally kind of different things. Yeah. I actually, I, I bought this the other day. It kind of reminds me of Scooby-Doo. It's like at this, the, I call it the joint bus here. But you yeah, yeah, these, yeah. You know? But, you know, I, I would love to. You, there's got to be like a Scooby-Doo almost. A Scooby, like the mystery machine. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I like there that There you go. One. There you go, uh, manufacturers. Get that made for us. <laughs> no kidding. Where's your favorite place to uh, consume? Uh, I, I like outside for sure. Uh, like down by the river-ish kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, being outside general camping and stuff like that. I think it's fun to smoke cannabis outside. Yep. Uh, coolest place you've consumed? Uh, cool. <laughs> I guess what, what, what designates cool? Whatever you think. Um, huh. I suppose... Um, that's a hard one. Coolest place. Like for me, it's the top of a mountain in Jasper. That was oh, probably the uh, you know coolest what? place. I, I, burnt, I, I pulled off the highway one time. I had gotten a joint or something in Washington State, and I pulled over in the Oregon Redwoods one time. Wow. Right? Like, right as, you know, I don't know if anyone understands it, but it, right in between California and Oregon, there's these, like, old-growth forests, right? It's like being on Vancouver Island, so that's nice. that's what I did by myself. That was pretty epic. I, I remember that. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. Like that. that works. That works. Uh, do you have a bucket list place? Is there, like, I need, to, I want to get high at this place or in this scenario? Huh. I never even really thought about that, but I, I guess maybe for me it would be more like um, communist China or something like you know what I mean, like something like some barrier had be, been broken or something. You know, as a symbol, that joint would be the destigmatization. Like maybe you know maybe in America somewhere like on, in Washington D.C. or something, mm-hmm. and you know when federal legalization starts, those are the kind of things I hope for. Just that this starts to relax a little bit more and people can start consuming worldwide and it's better for them. Yep, I would agree. What goes well with weed for you? <laughs> uh, bubbly, or in this case, La Croix. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite slang word? Uh, you know, What did you used to call it as a kid? We uh, we always oh. used tree. We used tree as kind of a code. Yeah, uh, green, green was, green is my thing. Green. That's the colors, right? Green. Yep. I was like, hey, have you got any green? Al Green. My boss used to always, <laughs> had this one boss who used to like me to get grass warm. So he'd say, have you got that Al Green CD <laughs> for me? <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't think people are going to believe I'm giving you an Al Green CD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know? I, once, I once asked my buddy who was uh, in the wine industry and I would get my cannabis. I said, uh, we're going to pick up a case of uh, red and green wine. And he said the same thing that nobody's going to believe you're actually buying green wine, man. It's uh, that code word is not working. So yeah. uh, let's end with this one. What is your favorite terpene and why? Oh, well, I would think that my two favorite terpenes are lemonine and beta carophylline. Uh Probably, I guess, because I like the I do like the the energizing feeling from certain terpenes. Uh and I do like the flavor of those particular terpenes for sure. Yeah. All right. Beautiful stuff. One hitters with Josh Wong, president of RGB Cannabis. Check out the full interview at www.cannabis101podcast.ca.
check us out and follow us on social media at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 podcast on Instagram, and at the Canna 101 podcast on Facebook. You can email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>